This segment of Off the Hustle is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coaster scores. Coaster, Coaster five on five scores. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number twenty-one of Off the Hustle. My name is Drew Coaster, and I'm your host. And I'm joined by Troy, my co-host. Nice. It's only a two-man show today. Daniel is doing yard work. Trimming the lawn. Trimming the lawn. That's okay. Production manager D. Hags is out of the studio today, but that's all right. Troy, what's going on? How was the weekend? It's Wednesday morning when we got an exciting guest today. Man, I am so pumped for this one. But anyhow, before we get to our guest, we won't tell you who it is. Uh, how was the weekend? It was pretty good, Drew. Spent a lot of time out at the lake. Got some... Uh, Aaron's done out there, put a new door on the shed, spent some time with my wife, hung out down at the beach, had a few Molson products. Yes, that is very, very true. You know, I mean, this is a little head of script now, a number runoff script, that's all that's right. Talked to uh, Mr. Davey Stewart, guy's a legend. You know, he, Molson and Dave Stewart, guys, if you're not buying booze from Molson and Dave Stewart, see you later. Fly a kite. Bon voyage. <laughs> Have a nice trip. No, honestly, oh, thanks a lot, Davey and Molson, uh, for continuing uh, the, the great support. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. I don't, I don't really like beer, to be honest. I mean, I drink Strombos and whatever. I mean, I, I know, Troy, you might have something to say about that. I love beer. <laughs> Beer's like water. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, anyhow, so, I mean, you didn't even acknowledge that I did a haircut. I did a haircut, and what a process that is. The world's changed. Yeah, please explain, because you know me. I don't have much hair, so... <laughs> I had to wear a mask. I had to wait in my vehicle till they called me in. Had to sanitize like four or five times till I got ready to go. Long story short, people at work were like, did they cut around your mask around your ears? I'm like, I don't think so. So for all I know, I have no idea what's going in the back of my head right now. But uh, Jolene, 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 unbelievable at her job. So thanks so much. That, that is a free ad for Jolene. So uh, thanks so much. Um, I got out golfing this week. And how was it? Oh, man. Dusty's in Tana. We go for a quick $20 match. Mom, sorry. And like we both played so shitty, but he beat me, which is fine. Good job, Dusty. Like he, I think he was a smooth 82 and I was a smooth 85. But my golf gamer now, I actually texted Dino the other day, Dean Brown. And I'm like, Dean, I never thought I'd have to ask this question. I need lessons again. Like my golf game is bad. And, and what did Mr. Brown have to say? <laughs> Text me when you have, whenever you're free. And I'm just like, whoa, like this is like legit happened. He wasn't even like, ha ha ha. Like he's like, he knows it's serious. So anyhow, we end up, I mean, and then me and Jimmer, who's an absolute stick, we take down uh, Holty and Z in uh, the Meat Lovers Pizza match. So we end up winning that match, which is uh, okay. But I also lost $20 to Dusty. So good job, Dusty. Um, yeah. P- please explain the Meat Lovers Pizza match. So we, <laughs> funny story. So actually, I'm going to grill Kozak right now, actually. Kozak like comes over for a few drinks before the night. Right before the night before the golfing, and he goes next morning. Uh, I can't come anymore, dude. What do you mean you can't come anymore? You just bailed on the golf match, so now it's a three three golf sum, three people golf sum. Holty wanted to play with us so bad, and we ended up Holty driving out on hole three, meet up with us. We started a pizza meat lovers match on the hole four. So basically, if you win the match, you get a free pizza meat lovers pizza at the Royal Regina, and uh, we won that. So oh well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was uh, fun, I guess. 
Anyhow, uh, before we move on here, I wanted to give a little shout out to my buddy uh, Shinks and the Monday Nooner Pod. Uh, they gave us a plug last week, so I thought I would uh, return the favor. They're doing a very similar thing to us, but covering local hockey, uh, senior rec hockey, uh, right in my alley, uh, and much more. So, uh, yeah, Monday Nooner, check them out. I mean, make sure you're following off the hosel first and then and then follow them. So, um, Also, as we touched on, you know, uh, Dave Stewart and uh, Molson Products, I honestly, Troy... You know, this has grown so much, and we're on episode 21, and, you know, every guest we've had on has been unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I'd like to take a moment to send out some appreciation to all our sponsors and partners. Um, you know, our presenting sponsor, Timberstone Regina, with DK in this unbelievable office and studio for us. Uh, Brownies Golf Shop, Sass Golfer, David's Indoor Golf, GR Flooring, Last Mountain Distilleries, brand new to us, uh, Molson Coors. Yeah, and actually proud to announce newest sponsor of Off the Hosel is going to be Golden Tea. Like golden tea machine, you know, in the bars, the golden tea home edition. Yeah, the game. I mean, I I play the new one now. You would have played the original, like when you like probably broke your thumbnail or something at the not, Twins Arena. Not your thumbnail, but your palm. Yep, smashing yeah. the shit out of that white ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, Troy. I mean, I think we can both talk about this. I mean, quickly here, but I mean, this podcast would definitely go on without, you know. But I think it really helps, and and it really focuses on local. You know, uh, we really appreciate all the support and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't thank you guys enough um, for the sponsors and, and the ads and whatnot. So, I don't know. Troy, you have anything to say about that? Uh, Yeah, actually, I, w- I want to do a live ad read. Can I do that? Well, you shouldn't say live ad read, but that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, come on now. It's from Divots Indoor Golf. So, if you're looking for a fantastic way to improve your golf game throughout the winter, Divots Indoor Golf has seven state-of-the-art PGA-approved golf simulators to keep your golf game in swing and shape 12 months a year. Whether you are a beginner to a scratch golfer, from the range to Pebble Beach, the most realistic putting, come check us out. Don't just play the game, win the game. Divots Indoor Golf. Yeah, very well done. Uh, yeah, thanks to Divots as well. Did I mention them? In the, yeah, I mentioned them, didn't I not? Yeah, I did. So, okay. Uh, yeah, Divots is, you know, they've been huge supporters of the pod thus far. It's actually funny. I was just talking to you off the record about it. You know, my gal wants to, uh, you know, pick up golfing now and... Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to, like I said, appreciate all the, we appreciate all the sponsors, you know, from right, even the first one we had beforehand until now, obviously there are no free ads. So if you were a sponsor before this, we still appreciate it, but there's no free ads. Moving on. Uh, topics, you know, PGA Golf. We had the, with the Brady, Phil, and Manning, Tiger. <sighs> Thoughts, man? You watch any of it? Uh, again, I was out at the lake. I caught, I don't know. 40 minutes of it it was it was totally different seeing them all ripping around with their gopros in their golf carts um you know to see tom brady rip his pants when he bent over to pick up his ball and and, and you know what it kind of ticks me off because under armor's out of got a lot of slack because of this no when you no, wear it all no, time no no pun intended but you know <laughs> he bent over ripped his pants and now he's calling out under armor i think he actually dropped them as a sponsor i could be wrong on that but from what i was reading on social media Tom Brady apparently dropped Under Armour because of the whole incident. That's weird. I mean, honestly, like, why? They're, I mean, they're giving you free gear and because you have a big ass. And, you, I mean, obviously you won, what, you win five titles? I mean, like, dude, buy a bigger pair of pants next time. Like, relax. It wasn't their fault. But it was nice having live sports on TV again. It was, I mean, Tiger, I, I told you last time, we, or a couple times we, we talked ago that Tiger was the man, right? And that's who I picked. And, yeah, he, he won it for him, so... Oh, just and, and, and they raised a hell of a lot of money for COVID relief too. So, 
And that was just in the States, correct? I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, no, it, it was cool. I didn't watch a ton of it. I tried to find it like the, you know, there was no live stream and I'm broke. So, um, yeah, but I, I got to watch. I, I was also at the office though, doing recordings and whatnot for the inside the clubhouse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was very cool to see some of the highlights and some of the shots and it, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe well, actually Brady had one of the nicest shots of that. He hold out, right? Yeah, he hold out. It was nice. It was really nice. His only shot of the whole round. I Pretty bet. much. Yeah. He, <laughs> he looks like a guy that, uh, I think some of our listeners could definitely play with. So <laughs> play against this. Yeah. So that was cool. It was very, it was, I mean, I, from what I've watched of it, it was very cool and I liked exactly what they were doing and not going to lie. We were talking about that, what we were trying to do with our own little, uh, you know, our own little, maybe four, some or eight, some and get, uh, you know, the mic'd up and some video content for our listeners and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to move on now, but I mean, if you have to touch on there, Troy. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, local golf, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Tor Hill pub length tournament, another one yet, uh, canceled, uh, just, you know, Tuesday morning, it was announced, you know, the city amateur giant of the Tor Hill now and the Scotia wealth on, and have all been canceled. You know, next on the agenda is the central am in Saskatoon, June 27th, 29th. I never played the tournament before. I've heard nothing but good things, but now I, at this rate, I might have to go play. Yeah, if you're not playing in these other tournaments, I, I highly suggest you making the trip there. And well, if the tournament's on, and you know, swing the sticks there, because apparently your golf game needs some work. So it does. And I, uh, I also, I mean, before I just move on to our next topic here, um, you know, everyone asked for him. The absolutely the, the post blew up. By the way. Scotty Knapp, we got a hold of him. His phone is hard to get a hold of, but I got a hold of Scotty. He called me, what's a podcast? And uh, we got him and Mr. Dean Brown for a second time appearance. Thursday, we're recording live, myself and Troy. Uh, Troy, I don't know if he's a little nervous, but I mean, we're both a little, you know, we've never done a full live one yet. Um, But yeah, we got Scott Knapp and Dean Brown, two Hall of Famers. The people wanted, we delivered. Yeah, and that's going to be an exciting one. You know, a lot of the, like the post blew up, so we're excited for that one. Um, but moving forward here, um, you know, sports, NHL is back. Yeah, it is. Uh, different, very different. But, hey, sports is, hockey's back. I mean, I know there's a lot of listeners that are probably pretty excited. You know, the way they have the 24-team playoff, play, playoff format is different. But, I mean... They had to do something to continue with the season. I mean, yeah, I this mean, this might give all those Leaf fans out there some actual hope. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, we're not Leaf fans, so that's okay. We can rag them all the time we want. <laughs> um, as far as I don't know, I mean, I was seeing a lot of, a lot of stuff on Twitter and social media. People were like, "Oh, this is stupid. Just cancel the season. This and that." You don't like it? Don't watch it then. Yep. Don't tell me you're not going to not watch hockey. Like you're going to watch it. I watched Sports Center actually the other day and before we launched the guy we're launching on today. For the first time in nine weeks, I have not watched Sports Center. I it months, months, and, and I might have watched nine minutes of it. But I did subscribe to the WWE channel. Really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you were an avid fan though back in the day. Well, who wasn't back in the <laughs> mid nineties? When the legit 90s. WWE was legit. That's there. right. Yeah. It was called WWF. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, as far as that, I mean, I wouldn't say you know we're going back to normal. But I mean. We're going in the right way. I mean, you know, hockey's back. You know, we got some live golf last weekend. Yeah. I mean, anything else, Troy? Well, you didn't ask me how my golf uh, game was here. Have you played that this year? Nope. I just <laughs> got over the gout, remember? <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't want to hear about that anymore. I'm, I'm hoping to get out 
this week sometime. So if any of our listeners are bored and possibly not working, shoot me a message. We'll uh, we'll get out to the links and swing the sticks. I'm actually heading up to Weyburn on Friday to play and do some content for Off the Hosel, and I'm also heading to Melford on Sunday. I've never played Melford, so I talked to Danberg and Kevin there. Very excited. I've never played, and I've heard nothing but good things. I know Brad Phelps, uh, guest of the show, he's only won there 9,000 times. So uh, I mean, my golf game, like I said, is not good, but we're going to f- figure it out and have some fun in the Melford golf course. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to touch base shortly, or quickly again, Drew, about our social media platforms, the way people can reach us, contact us. Uh, Facebook is off the hosel. Twitter is underscore off the hosel. And Instagram is underscore off the hosel. So if you guys need anything, um, you know, don't be afraid to send Drew or myself a message. And uh, yeah, Drew, who, who are you going to go see tomorrow? I'm going to see tomorrow, uh, Donnie, you're at Extreme, and grab our swag. So keep your eyes open because this is happening now. And I'm going to put out a post, or Troy's going to put out a post, or Dan is doing yard work. So uh, <laughs> we'll do it. And, you know, we might put out a post saying, what do you like? And if you like something, reply back. And if you want it, okay, great. And if you reply back, you don't want it, then kick rocks. Because, I mean, I think this stuff we got going on right now with Donnie and, you know, obviously with Chase over at Player, we're working on some few things too, maybe a, a, a soft launch of shirts there too as well. So we got some things going on right now. Um, I'm gonna, you know, maybe not a humble brag, but I think we're uh, we're doing big things right now, and we're, and we're going the right way. Wouldn't wouldn't disagree with you at all, Drew. Uh, Troy, anything else before we uh, send that on over to uh, inside the clubhouse with uh, Brian uh, Ardlin? No, I actually I got the pleasure of talking to Brian before you did, and I. I He's a hell of an interview, so. Yeah, so today before the interview, and I guess, you know what, before I guess we send that over now, we have on a TSN Hockey Analyst, uh, covers Augusta and the Masters, and he covers the World Juniors, and Mr. James Duffy. Old JD. You know what, we talked about in the, in the interview, I I reached out to, I've been following James for years on Twitter, he's one of my favorite followers, followers to follow, and his DMs are open, I'm like, fuck. May as well try it. Within four hours, you reply back, and you know, I mean, yeah. And he, I was very excited. Yeah, and he did our podcast. And how many did he say he didn't do? I think he had sixty requests. So, and then I asked how many podcasts he did, and then he said ten so far. So we were top ten. So that's uh, for for a new show, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're excited for it. I hope you guys are really excited for this interview. But before we go there, um. Also, you guys would have saw our story yesterday on Instagram. Troy had some glasses on. Um, you're probably wondering why is he trying to be like Biz from uh, Chicklets there, but uh, <laughs> Troy cared uh, touching that for us. Uh, yeah, I know yesterday I had to go have a couple minor procedures, uh, just dealing with the cancer stuff. Uh, they took a couple spots off my face. So my eyes were a little puffy, and I didn't want you guys to be like, holy, who's the fat kid? <laughs> That's why I was wearing the sunglasses, so... Yeah, well, and obviously, Troy, I mean, everyone that we've had on and, and all our listeners, I, I know that they're rooting for you, and I'm sure you hear a, a lot of, um, you know, applause for you that you're grinding away. So, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm your brother, so. I love you, too. Yeah, exactly. we'll put it that way. Uh, okay, now we're sending on over now to uh, Brian Ardlin, the owner of the Fort Capel Golf Course on Inside the Clubhouse. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the interview with James Duffy as well, and um, we'll talk to you guys after. Take care, everyone. Off the hosel and Inside the Clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery is family-owned and operated. 
Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country, our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused Dale Pedro Vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, we're back on uh, Inside the Clubhouse, uh, featured off of uh, Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser, and I'm joined today by, is it Brian Ardalon? Is that correct there, Brian? That's right. Wow, first time. I uh, didn't even try that off the record there, so <laughs> what's going on with <laughs> Nicely you? Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, well, you know what? Just settling into uh, into a season. We're uh, into our second week now, and things seem to be going pretty well. So, I mean, obviously out in Fort Capel, I mean, obviously with COVID and happening, What's, uh, I mean, you're an owner of the Fort Capel, or one of the owners, I, I'm sorry. What's going on, on out there? I mean, how how difficult is this, and how much of a stress level for this is, is for you? Well, you know what? I've been doing this for a lot of years, more than I care to to admit to. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of think that you, you've seen it all after 20-some-odd years. You know, we've had everything from hurricanes to floods to droughts to, you know, late season snow it's uh you know you think you think you've uh, you've seen it all and then uh, something like this comes along and and you end up having to rewrite the script uh and it's just like a brand new ball game you know everything's new all over again so there's a lot of planning that went into it um you know we uh, uh long before the reopen saskatchewan orders came down um we'd been doing a lot of work behind the scenes uh, you know, providing, you know, the, the business task force with uh, uh, kind of best practices for golf and, uh, you know, gathering gathering information from, from other places uh, that were open and kind of cherry picking them and running on their back to yeah. come up with a, with a bit of a battle plan. Yeah, so I was just kind of curious too, obviously, I mean, obviously with all like the, you know, rules and guidelines, what were kind of some steps? I mean, especially being a nine-hole course. Correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. I haven't played this since I was a junior. That's right. Yep. Winning tournaments there. I mean, humble brag, but um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. I mean, as a nine-hole course, this is, this is a nine-hole feature this week. We're doing four courses. How hard is it now maintaining and making sure that there's some social distancing and, and following the guidelines there? Well, that's that's just it. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you can anybody can set up a, a tee sheet and and have it uh you know shoot four people off every 12 minutes and uh then you you know once once you get them out on the course once your your starter you know takes control of them gets them out going uh and then the marshals you know ferry them around and, and such that's one thing on an 18 hole course yeah. a nine hole course gets a little bit more um confusing because we you know we have to figure out where their turn is coming when when they're when they're coming through the uh um finishing the front nine or their first nine rather so you know ordinarily our booking sheet um we have it set for about a two hour and 15 minute round and what that usually allows people to do is to you know play play around at a comfortable pace uh, take a small break in between nines, you know, bathroom break, grab a hot dog and, uh, and a beer if that's if that's what you like to do. And, uh, you know, a couple of minutes later, your your number's up again and away you go. Um, in a regular year, we can kind of massage that, that second time. And if, if the course is playing faster, we can kind of, you know, insert them a little bit quicker. This, this year, a little bit tougher. 
Um, you know, we have to uh, make people understand that, uh, okay, if you're, if you're teeing off at 10 o'clock, your second nine is going to be going at 12.15 sort of thing. And if, you, if you're done at, you know, 11.45, um, we're going to have to hide you somewhere for, for half an hour because I have, uh, I have a couple of other foursomes to get out before yeah. you and we can't all line up on the first tee box, right? So, you know, there, there is a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of black magic going on there to uh, uh, try to get people around because nobody wants to wait for too long between your nines. I mean, that kind of kills the momentum and, and we appreciate that. So we're, we've been pretty successful so far blending the, the nines with the 18s and, and the vast majority of players are still, you know, playing nine holes, but probably about, you know, 20, 25%, let's say are, are 18 hole players. So we know they're coming around and we're kind of looking for them uh, with a pair of field glasses, looking for them on the eighth, uh, eighth green. So that we know approximately when they're going to show up and what we have. Kind of like storm watching. Fit them in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> try to, try to prevent a storm. Uh, so, I mean, obviously talking about the Fort Capel course down in the fort, Mm-hmm. Um, what are some, I don't know, I mean, even some of your prices this year, have those fluctuated a little bit? Are they different? Were the numbers down? What are some promos you guys have going on? Just uh, touch okay. on that for us. Well, you know what? We, um, um, our, our rates, um, nine hole rate at Echo Ridge is, is uh, 32 tax included for, for nine holes, 42 for 18. Um, that hasn't changed a whole lot over the last couple of years. I mean, it goes up a slight amount, you know, enough to maybe cover a little bit of extra gas sort of thing, but it hasn't taken a major jump for quite a few years. Um, our, our season pass rates, we've got um, everything from adult, seniors, super seniors, people 80 and over, um, students with a valid ID card. We've got a junior rate. Um they they range in price and we offer both a restricted and an unrestricted pass the restricted are you know the monday through friday um plus we kind of add as a little bit of a bonus it, it tends to get quiet out in the valley on sunday afternoons so we let the restricted players come on after two o'clock on a sunday as a little added bonus uh the unrestricted is obviously valid seven days a week sort of thing so yeah we've got a full full uh full range of of different packages for um, for the golfers, depending on you know their age and and such. Um, we also offer a, a punch card system that nice. you know we get uh, get 10, 10 rounds of golf for two hundred and sixty bucks. So it uh, um, you know saves you saves you a little bit of money, and uh, hopefully you'll spend end up spending it in the in the uh, restaurant once we get that open. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're still talking about this COVID stuff and whatnot. Is the fort uh, prepared to have tournaments, or is it have? I mean, how's that all working out on your guys' end? I mean, having the uh, tournaments and yeah. Well, you know, we've got um, we've got a number of tournaments booked that are pretty much in a holding pattern because we're we're abiding by the uh, the directives of the uh, of the uh, um, provincial government that kind of gave us our marching orders and told us what we can and can't do, and. Um, you know, we've, we've come a long ways from their their first set of, uh, of, of you know, restrictions. It's uh, being refined, and, yeah, I mean, we started out with 20-minute intervals between between uh, tea times, and that was going to be pretty tough to make a go of it. But we're down to 12. Um, most of us in the golf industry are pretty, uh, pretty satisfied that uh, it's moving in the right direction, and we think that 
as long as the golf courses can hold up their end of the bargain and uh, operate responsibly, um, we think that, that there's going to be further revisions. So as far as the tournaments go, we're in a holding pattern right now, um, and we're told we can't have tournaments because they want to control the number of people gathering, and we can appreciate yeah. that. But as the, as the summer goes on, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see those restrictions being loosened up a little bit. And if that happens and we can come up with a way of, of separating people, I think we're going to be going to be good to go. So, you know, our, our fingers are crossed, but um, I just want to, you know, say how, you know, how much we do appreciate being an industry that was allowed to operate. Uh, would have been very easy to, you know, bring the hammer down and just say, no, no golf course, yeah. no sporting events, no, nothing like that. And uh, the provincial government decided that, that it was important to get, get people out in the, in the sunshine where they can be separated just by, you know, the natural, um, the natural part of golf. I mean, uh, nobody's on top of each other. So, um, you know, in exchange, we're, we're all trying to do our best to follow their guidelines. Well, Brian, this has been awesome. I really appreciate uh, you coming on today. I'm looking forward to uh, getting down to play some golf in the fort. It has been a long time, so uh, I will be calling and uh, get my time down there at some point if I can get out there and play. It would be great uh, great to have you out there. Uh, we're really proud of our conditions this spring. The, the course came through just unbelievably well. Um, we're nice and green. The, the, the greens are lush. It's playing like it's the last week in June as opposed to, you know, so we're really happy with the conditions and and as have most of the the golfers to be know with us they're they're pretty pleased too so i'd recommend it come on down only 40 minutes out of the city only 40 minutes outside of the city of regina don't be lazy people get on out to fort and talk to brian and uh yeah brian we'll, we'll be in touch keep that phone on and we'll talk to you soon that sounds great thank you so much Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Hey guys, we are back, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, the host of uh, TSN Hockey Coverage and host on the Masters and much more. Uh, please be joined by James Duthie. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast today, James. Uh, how you doing? I'm excellent, Drew. How you doing? Uh, not too bad. I mean, just crushing some a uh, ton of Netflix these days, and yeah, I mean, just <laughs> I'm not sure like, what are you up to these days. I, I I said today to my wife that I feel like I'm busier than when I was actually working with sports, uh, just because we're you know we're trying to fill programming and uh, trying to do as many segments as possible so uh today i was doing uh we're, we're airing the 87 canada cup yeah on the weekend how old are you by the way uh 24 <laughs> okay so that's young for you but if you have a chance to watch it it's like it's probably the best i mean look the speed doesn't match it today and that's the problem with a lot of your generation is uh it's not quite as fast but the actual quality of the hockey uh, three games, six to five in a row between Canada and the Soviet Union. Gretzky and Lemieux in their prime. It's uh, it's really it's really fun. So we interviewed Gretzky for a while today just to to get his memories and Dale Howard, Chuck, and we're doing the insider trading and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I've been busy. We just had Eric on. Actually, we published him on Monday, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. We had on Eric, yeah. and he was a great interview. And we talked about obviously with his dad and uh, obviously going on with with. Uh, 
what he's going through. And I mean, I think he rang the bell. I mean, which is uh, good news. Uh, yeah, he far. did. You know, he has. He told, we talked about it today, and he was hesitant to do it because he didn't feel like it was right to celebrate when uh, with all the corona patients in the hospital. But he thought about it after a while, and they encouraged him to do it. And I think he felt really good when he did it because, uh, man, that is an accomplishment to go through that kind of chemo. It's unbelievable, and actually, my my, my co-host, my brother's not on today, but he, uh, you know, he just mm-hmm. finished his thing, and you know, he's on remission. He's a couple months away from finishing all the treatments. Oh, so that's awesome to hear, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so I have to ask quickly before we get going here: uh, How many phone interviews have you done this, uh, this quarantine? As in podcasts yeah. or uh, just interviews? Yeah, just I interviews. And if, yeah, I'm gonna say this is like number a uh, podcast, probably like number ten. Nice. Uh, top 10. Then the, like media stuff, probably number 20 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I opened up my opening up my DMs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's good because I get to meet a lot of good people like you. And frankly, uh, that's one bonus. And I mean this sincerely of, of this thing is that during the, a normal hockey season when I'm when I'm doing hockey and football so and golf busy. and stuff, yeah, I wouldn't have time to do these kind of things. So I get to chat with a guy like you, which uh, – you know, I may not have time to do normally, and uh, I really enjoy that. Well, you're used to talking to uh, big-time hockey scouts. I'm just uh, fresh. I mean, four years hey. in, so it's perfect. No, are you kidding, man? <laughs> Waver? Sasky hockey scouts are the best. Well, you probably know Joey then, my uh, my cousin then. Of course. Chase, <laughs> uh, so I want to backtrack to your childhood. I mean, you're born in Ottawa. A uh, good friend of the show, Matthew Barnaby, is also from there. Um, I mean, how was that? I mean, sports life. I mean, what was going on in James Duthie's life when he was growing up? So I was, uh, I was an RCMP kid who, uh, early years moved around the country. I lived in five different cities, but all before I was nine, I guess. And wow. so I was settled in, in Ottawa. By the time I was nine, I was like, I was late to hockey because I lived in Victoria and we didn't play hockey in Victoria. We played soccer basically all winter in Victoria outside. Yeah, And so I, I moved to Ottawa, I think I was nine and I've never skated. So wow. <laughs> I obviously was in love with hockey and, uh, but I didn't catch up. I didn't make rep till I was 14 it was my first year. Uh, I made rep. So I was so far behind everybody. It was embarrassing. I, I think I wrote about it in my book. I, my dad was too cheap. So uh, he didn't buy me a jock my first year. <laughs> and I had one of those old school back when I played, this is how old I am. You didn't, it was before uh, mass full cages were required, at least my first couple of years. And I wore, I had the funkiest looking uh, face mask. It was, if I can describe it to you, it was basically, if you imagine that the, between your, uh, at the top of your nose, one line, like one piece of plastic straight down went over your nose and then it kind of widened over your mouth. And that was the only face mask I had. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I was just a, I was a disaster, and I just started to get good at hockey at 14, 15, and then I got interested in girls, and so uh, my hockey career was pretty much of a failure. Uh, I got into football and played uh, football, became my passion, and for some, I was delusional that I was going to be a pro football player, and that kind of faded away, and uh, went to university and decided uh, if I couldn't be an athlete, uh, sports casting would be the next best option. So did you play football at all in uh, college or? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I played high school and uh, I got recruited by McGill. I was going to go to McGill and and play football and take phys ed. That was my plan in life and be a gym teacher. And last second, I kind of had a change of heart and uh, decided. Uh, with although I have a ton of respect for gym teachers, that I wanted to do something different. And 
decided to chase journalism. And the one thing about Carlton, you could not, you weren't allowed basically to play football and take journalism at that time oh, wow. because all of our assignments were at night when all the practices were. So, uh, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much the end of my football career except play in touch. Well, good choice then, I guess, eh? <laughs> yeah, we don't want it worked out okay. <laughs> except the funny thing was, so I, I played, uh, I played, we had a, a small school, so I played DB and wide receiver and, uh, the other DB on, on the opposite side, uh, his name was Chris Call. So him and I were, were both recruited by McGill. And he went and I didn't go. And then they won the Vanier Cup uh, the next year, which I believe oh. is probably if you look at it, the last time that McGill won the Vanier Cup. And so I was a little bitter for that first year that <laughs> yeah. that I missed out on that. But, uh, yeah, the career worked out pretty well, I think. So just, I mean, segue right into that. Uh, I want to chat about how you got into TV and broadcasting. I mean, I mean, you're obviously so good at it. I mean, I... I literally watch TV and TSN majority of the times. No offense to uh, all the other guys, but, you know, yeah. Anyhow, so I want to know, I mean, how you got into it. Well, first of all, we need more people like you uh, to watch <laughs> us all the time. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's funny. Again, dating myself age-wise, this is like uh, early 90s. There's um, there was no real, like PSN was just in its infancy and there wasn't a lot of jobs. And the, the only real jobs in sportscasting, like every local station in Canada had two sportscasters and it felt like they'd all been there for like 30 years. And uh, so I couldn't get a job in sports and I got a job as a news reporter. That was my first job. Wow. And covered fires and murders and politics and all those things in Ottawa. And uh, I did that actually for, I think like six years. Um, and for a while I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to do this. Maybe I'm going to be one of those guys in, you know, Beirut covering wars or something. But yeah. uh, in the, in the back of my heart, like I, I, I always wanted to do sports and I knew that. And when I finally got an opportunity, uh, I kind of jumped at it and uh, went from there and eventually ended up at TSN. So yeah, I did a lot of, man, I did a lot of like city council meetings and then I would do all those like lame reporter stories, you know, where you're out at the local cow milking yeah. contest and like James Duffy reporting live from Lanark where Betsy the cow has won her third place. in a cowbell. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, was there a door open for you? I mean, or did you know someone or just like, was it, was a resume? I mean, how did that all uh, fold up? Well, uh, okay. I mean, complicated story. Uh, and not to get all serious on your podcast, but my, my break in Ottawa came the worst possible way. So there was two local sportscasters in Ottawa who I was, uh, I grew up watching. Their names were Brian Smith, who was a journeyman NHL player, uh, played for the LA Kings among others. And, and Bill Patterson was the other guy. And, and those were the two sportscasters forever in Ottawa. And when I was working at CJOH, uh, I'd done a couple of stints as a sportscaster there, uh, just, you know, filling in once in a while. But uh, Brian, uh, basically a, a schizophrenic, I think this is 95 or something like that, uh, uh, came to our station with a shotgun and uh, oh. decided he wanted to kill the first person that he recognized. And Smitty was the first person out of the building at 7 o'clock and got caught with a bullet right between the eyes. And, Holy uh, shit. Yeah, I was, uh, oh. I was vacationing out, in, uh, out east in Nova Scotia. Wow. I'd been out drinking with a couple of friends, and I remember that like we, we stayed at this place of, uh, you know, what, a typical college place where, like, eight people lived, and I was sleeping on the couch, and 
I can remember this girl waking me up in the morning, coming and said, uh, "Hey, you're from Ottawa, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Do you know uh, Brian Smith?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "You got you have to turn on the news right now." And obviously, it was all over the news that this had happened. And uh, uh, so then my boss called me and said, "We need you to do the sportscast tonight because Bill is, you know, too upset." Uh, so I flew back to Ottawa and did the uh, six o'clock sports that night. And Smitty passed away that day. And oh my god! Uh, so they asked me to move into the sports department uh, with Billy, and and that's when I moved full time. But so uh, you know, obviously, uh, just an awful situation. This was yeah, a guy I really kidding. looked up to. I, I learned a lot from and. Uh, I never really felt comfortable with it. It was a great experience because I loved Billy and uh, we worked together for about a year and a half. And but I, I just never, I never felt comfortable about getting my, the break that I'd always wanted by having my friend uh, be murdered. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I decided to leave and I took another news job in Vancouver just to get away from uh, restart to get yeah. away from Ottawa. But uh, at the same time, right around the same time, uh, the boss of TSN who to bring your whole podcast full circle is now the, uh, the head of the European tour, Keith Pelly. Okay. Um, he, he was the vice president of the TSN at the time. And, um, he called, he saw me, he saw me doing a story. It was really funny. Like I was, it was the opening of the Ottawa senators building. I was doing one of those live shots you see on the local news. Yeah. And I, I was, he, he calls and says, this is James Duffy. And I said, yeah, he goes, yeah, I really like your jeans. And I'm like, what? It was the creepiest thing anybody ever said to me, but he, I guess I was wearing jeans and a, you know, not a typical suit and tie and doing this, this stand up walking around doing a tour of the dressing room. And he, I guess, I don't know something about my jeans, the way I looked. So he invited me for an audition. And this is just as I was moving to go to Vancouver. And, um, he said, I can't hire you right now. I gave the job to somebody else, but he's, I said, look, I'm, I want to move to Vancouver. So don't call me. If, if you really want to hire me, call me, you know, in a couple of years or something, but, or three, I want to live out there for three years. And yeah. He called me in six months, called me in six months and offered me the job of hosting uh, NBA and CFL. And so I, I, it was hard to resist because I'd always wanted to be at TSN. So that's how I ended up at uh, TSN. Did he sign a gene deal? Sorry? Did he sign a gene deal or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, GWG back then. <laughs> Okay, so I want a segment. This is perfect now. I mean, I wanted to ask uh, your favorite uh, segment to host. I mean, Trade Center. I mean, which is all I. That's uh, all I am all about. I mean, I I notify your tweets. My phone's blowing up at work. I'm getting shit. Uh, or is it Augusta <laughs> World Juniors? I mean, like, what's your favorite? I mean, okay, that's a. I mean, that's a loaded question. And I, I if I could do like a one in one A, I would say that the World Juniors is my favorite event of the year. Uh, the Masters is my favorite week of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, ener- the energy of the World Juniors, uh, there's nothing like it, it's particularly when it's in Canada and you're in the building and, you know, Canada's playing the Americans for gold or something. There's nothing like that. And the way it just gets the country so riled up. Uh, the Masters is so special. I don't have to tell you because you're a golf guy. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it also, don't you find in, in Canada, the Masters just kind of represents the starting, except for this crazy mess yeah. up here uh it represents you know the start of it's summer, go time right yeah it's the start of the golf season the weather's starting to change things are looking up it's so beautiful there buddy uh i uh, i mean, you have i guess you haven't had a chance to go yet right no i i have not no. i played yeah, on xbox so, so yeah just, killer on there it's you know it's, <laughs> it's really as beautiful or more beautiful as it as it looks on tv everybody who's ever been seems to say that it's really way how perfect it is and you know, just even though we work really long days there, it's 
I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to cover that. And uh, so those two events are my, are my favorites. You know, I love the great cup. I love CFL playoffs. Uh, I love the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really lucky with my schedule now that I get to do all these, all these, all these really cool events. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I, unless, except for a pandemic, I have very little to complain about. I love my job. So when hosting like a, a segment like Trade uh, Trade Center, I mean, like, uh, are, are GMs calling you or other other sources like our good friend of the show, Kami? I mean, who's breaking the uh, trade news to you guys? <laughs> you know, uh, I there was a time, I guess, when maybe ten years ago, where I I tried hard to cultivate sources, and basically the the insiders like Bob and Dregs and LeBron and those guys, they kind of had the GMs and the agents, and I would I would try to have players who would tell me things, and yeah. But at a certain point in time, you know, I got a little older and I'm like, I, I just feel creepy texting 22 year old kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of gave up on that. I used to probably have 300 or, you know, active players, phone numbers and such. And I, I'd bug them and they, they'd often tell me stuff because they knew what was going on in the room. But I, I sort of have slowed that down the past. It's pretty cool years. though um, that they trust you though. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, but you know, my job was never to be the guy, I would break the occasional story if somebody gave me something. Uh, yeah, but fair. for the most part, that's Bob and Drake. They do all the legwork on those things, and my job as host is to just set them up. And <laughs> frankly, I, I prefer it that way. I, I think those guys have the toughest jobs because you know not only do they have to have their phones attached to their heads and be bothering people all the time and calling them and asking them what's going on, but they have to play a really challenging game of you know doing people favors and and. Yeah. Uh, I can remember one trade center where it was either trade center or free agent frenzy. Oh, that's a good one too. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I believe it was Dregs who had broken uh, a story about the Islanders or something doing a signing. And Ray Ferraro was sitting next to me on the panel and he was just ripping the Islanders, like just tearing them a new one. Like this is the worst possible deal. And Dregs is still on the phone with like whoever his source is, the assistant yeah. general manager or whoever it is. And the guy's, you know, he's got TSN on the background. So he's like, what the hell? I give you this information and your guys are ripping. Just burying them. <laughs> yeah. That's a, those guys have a really uh, much more difficult job than I do. So I, I mostly leave the, uh, the scooping to them. I have had a few, uh, I can remember what, uh, I think it was at the draft in Ottawa and, it wasn't a big story, but Atlanta had hired, uh, either fired a coach. No, Atlanta had hired a new coach back when the Thrashers were around. Yeah. And I happened to be at the bar with the coach's agent, and we were just having a beer, and he's, he's on his Blackberry or whatever, his phone, and he's like, oh, I just got my uh, one of my clients a new deal. I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, he's the new coach of the Thrashers. So I said, oh. So I tweeted out, and uh, right away the Thrashers all deny it. Oh, all really? their reporters like this isn't true this is a fake story so bob and Dregs are texting me going what are you doing man are you drunk and i said no no i'm good it's good trust me it's good and for 24 hours they, they denied it they said this is a false story and so i was starting to sweat a little bit yeah <laughs> and then finally they announced it was true so uh but i can i can't imagine what those guys go through and even you know ellie does such a great job on the other side it's uh uh too much stress in that job for me so I I kind of want to segue, obviously, uh, World Juniors. Um, some of your favorite uh, memories and moments and, and obviously good stories. I mean, uh, where's your favorite place to go? And, yeah, I mean, just some good stories from uh, the World Juniors. Just World Juniors? Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Jeez, my well, look at uh, my favorite World Juniors are always the ones in Canada because of, like I said, the atmosphere in that rink is incredible. Having said that, I do believe that uh, it was a mistake to have so many in North America in a row there when they had that whole Toronto Montreal yep. thing going, and then Buffalo, agree, yep. and it just got it got saturated. And I also am a big believer that it should go back to the to the smaller rinks. So, uh, you know, when it was in Saskatoon or Halifax, uh, I, they need to do that. So in my perfect world, and I think they've sort of come around to that over the last few years, the World Juniors is in Canada once every three years, uh, and it's in a geographical region once every decade. So Saskatchewan gets it once every decade. You know, BC gets it. Uh, out east gets it, you know, Halifax or Moncton or something, southern Ontario gets it. And that way, I, I, I think it really stays fresh and you don't get that overexposure. And you can go into rinks that are 12,000 or 13,000 seats. I, I really think that, uh, you know, they were making so much money that it, they got a little bit carried away. Um, so, favorite memories, let's see. Uh, the first one I hosted was Vancouver in 2006, which is really cool. That was the Pogi. Uh, Justin Pogue yeah, here. He was probably yeah. my all-time favorite is the is the Everly goal, which was special to me because it was in Ottawa, and that was also a great World Juniors. Ottawa did an amazing job. Funny story on that one: my parents, who are from Ottawa, were at the game and sitting in the booth with me. And with about three minutes left, uh, the Russians were up by one, and uh, I was worried that the traffic is so bad at that rink. And my dad was like 84 or something. And I said you guys should get out of here so you can beat the traffic. Oh, no. <laughs> Everly, they heard Everly score on the radio in the parking lot. And uh, let's just say that uh, <laughs> they wish they'd have stopped the two kids and not had a third one at that point. <laughs> so, I mean, I wanted to ask, I mean, uh, have you been to Saskatoon or, or Regina? Yeah. So I covered that world juniors. Uh, plus I've been to Regina. So Everly, Jordan had a golf tournament, and I emceed it for three years in a row. Nice. So we played Wascana, is it? Yeah, Wascana, yeah. Wascana Country Club. Yeah, Wascana, where Brooke won. Yeah. So we played there uh, three years in a row, and uh, that was always a great time. It would be Everly and Halsey and uh, Brooks like when he was playing, and uh, Mike Green was in there sometimes. It was That was uh, that was always always a great time, so... Big fan of Sasky. My dad, obviously, when RCMP spent a lot of time there in Regina when he was training, so it always had a warm place in my heart. And, you know, the CFL, uh, that was the sport I was born and raised on. When I talked about my love for football, I kind of left out the fact that uh, the one thing, you know, my dad's real passion was the CFL. And so we went to Ottawa Rough Rider Games. That was the one thing I did with my dad, basically, from when I was eight years old, went to every single game. And that's where my love of football came from. So always had a sweet spot for the CFL and, and, and Sasky. I think, uh, in, unless you're in the peg, is probably everybody's <laughs> second favorite team in the CFL, if, you, if it's not, because you, you can't help but love that passion. When Ebbs was playing for the Pats, I was, I was the water boy when he was playing here. So that would have been like nine or like 10 when he was like the playing oh. here. So yeah, it's uh, kind of, amazing. It's funny, yeah. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I was, was one thing I was disappointed. Like the Grey Cup was going to be a a time this year, and I, I'm really worried there's not going to be a CSL season. This is all uh, this is all scary for everyone. <laughs> I mean, even like yeah. sports in general, or you know, life well, in general. It it, is. It's it's it crazy. Is, man. It's 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 the worst, you know, for guys, you know, big sports fans like you and people like me that make their livelihood off it. And you know, the, the only thing I try to stay positive on is that it is going to come back, right? It's yeah, like it's just a matter of when. You know, whether it's a year, a year and a half or whatever, it'll be it'll be back to normal when we 
when we get a vaccine and get this thing solved. But, but yeah, this, this next year is going to be so uncertain. And to think of, you know, having no CFL whatsoever, it's such a big part of Canadiana, such a big part of TSN all summer. Just financially uh, too, right? It's scary for those small market uh, sports. It really is. It, it, yeah, it, it really is. I mean, the NBA is going to be fine because their TV deal is so big and the NFL is going to be fine. Those two leagues could play with no fans and be fine, but hockey, hockey's not like that, and the CFL obviously is not like that at all. So those are those. It really, it, it really hurts. So um, James, I wanted to ask about. I mean, obviously you write, and, and I believe you have three or four books. Uh, I wanted to ask when you got uh, obviously writing, and when you get into that, uh, and your newest book, all about. I mean, it's basically all about hockey stories, correct? Uh, I just want to touch on that for us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the free plug. So, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll we'll charge you later. Is, that book, <laughs> that book is called uh, it's called Beauties nice. and uh, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories. So essentially, I'd written three books. One was about Brian Kilray, a junior hockey coach in Ottawa, which is basically his book in his words. But the other two books were, uh, you know, one was kind of the story of my life, the guy on the left, uh, and the other was called The Day I Almost Killed Two Gretzkys, which was a collection of stories and. I was kind of sick about writing about myself, frankly, and yeah. <laughs> I wanted to write a, a real book of one of the, probably the best thing about hosting the panel all those years is getting to sit beside all the different characters, right? The ex-coaches like Torts and, uh, you know, Mac T guys like that yeah. and all the ex-players who came through and, you know, sitting around with them, just shooting the breeze and eating pizza before the games, you get all these great stories and, I always felt like, you know, people write books, you know, their career books, and they tell a few stories, but, you know, it's mostly an autobiography. And I, I wanted a book that was just stories, right? Just the best stories. So I basically went to about 60 guys, you know, some of the best players in the world, just some of the great characters and said, uh, you know, tell me your favorite hockey story that you, t- that you would tell sitting around with a bunch of guys in the bar, you know, that can be repeated somewhat in a book. And, uh, and that's what I did, and that's what Beauties is. And I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I think that hockey fans are are going to love it. So, without giving uh, all the stories away, do you have one particular story that's a hey, like maybe a teaser for all our listeners? Oh man, that's a great question. I don't know which one to pick. Uh, I got one. I'll throw about three or four at you to just give you a teaser. Um, it's one about uh, Stephen Stamkos' dad mistakenly stealing Steve Eisenman's car. <laughs> Um, geez, there's a, there's a bunch of great Crosby stories. There's a whole chapter about Crosby at, in junior because his roommate was a guy named Eric Nielsen who never made the NHL, but was a massive character. And he's the one who still calls Crosby Daryl. I don't know if you know that story. No. But tell what? the story of why they call, why they call Sid Daryl. And, uh, he still calls him only Daryl to this day. And really just a bunch of crazy, crazy stories from junior with Sid. This guy basically was, uh, uh, shotgun seat to Sid's entire junior career. Uh, there's stories about McDavid uh, from Bobby Orr and McDavid. Uh, a great story I'd never heard from Gretzky about his uh, kind of a joke he t- told in the middle of the game in the 1985 Stanley Cup final that kind of turned the final around. Um, so it's just on and on. But some of my favorite stories are from the guys I work with, like Jamie McLennan, who's one of the great storytellers, Noodles. Yeah. Um, there's two there's two stories i'll tell you this one um because there, there's one about him beating up a mascot in newfoundland which is a great story but i'll tell you this one because it's a good west story uh when when noodles was uh backup goalie in calgary and daryl sutter was the coach and i believe 
believe Roman Turek might have been the starter. I'd have to go back and look at the book. Uh, that's what happens when you write your own book and forget <laughs> your own facts. That's so, all right. You wrote it, though. Uh, noodles, <laughs> Turek gets pulled in a game, and Noodles goes in and gives up a goal on the first shot. So then he gets pulled right away, and Turek goes back in. And the next day after practice, Jimmy Playfair says, Coach wants to see you in his office. So Noodles goes into Daryl's office, and um, he's got, like, a little whiteboard there. And he's got like Noodle's report card written on it or something. So Noodle sits down and, and Daryl goes, um, can I swear on this podcast, by the way? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're explicit for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't usually like to swear as a professional, but I'll swear for this story because it's a quote. Um, so he sits down and, uh, and Daryl goes, Noodles, I just thought I'd do a little evaluation of you. Um, how do you think you are in the room? Uh, well, how would you grade yourself? And Noodles goes, I think I'm a pretty solid guy. The guy seemed to like me, a B-plus. He goes, perfect, I agree. And he goes and he writes B-plus. Then he writes uh, preparation. So how do you think you prepare for the game? And he goes, Noodles goes, I'm not great, but, you know, I I prepare. I'm I'm ready for most games. I give myself a B. There goes, perfect, B, I agree, 100%. And then he's like, "Uh, fitness level. And he's like, yeah, I'm not the best, you know, B-minus. Perfect, B-minus. Then he's like, Coming in cold off the bench. And Noodle starts to open his mouth, and Daryl goes, writes this big F on the board, and goes, F! Fucking F! Fucking F! F! Get the hell out of my room! Oh my so that, god. So <laughs> Noodle just skulks out of the room, feeling about a foot high. And that was, that was Daryl's report card. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, the book is uh, uh, Noodles tells it better, and I tell it better in the book. But uh, uh, that the book is full of stories like that, and uh, uh, the kind of stuff that I don't think you get to hear on television a lot. So uh, I think people will get a kick out of it. No, I, I've never heard you swear. So I mean, what the, what the post out on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, you, know, you, you have beep out technology. <laughs> uh, no, I'm 24. I can't figure that out yet. Uh, so. no <laughs> yeah, so no, I uh, like I said, I uh, I don't even swear on my podcast. I know. The one I've thing I a lot, yeah. Some podcasts where guys, uh, you know, guys that you hear on television all the time, and then they're suddenly throwing f bombs, and I just feel that's kind of weird. Uh, no, for sure. But in the, in the, I will only do it when I'm quoting stories. So there you go. You're, you're just keeping your brand, and I love it. I I want to ask though, uh, Noodles, that like, what's that nickname for uh, McLennan there? Quickly before you segue into so, golf here. Uh, you know, there could be uh, a million different connotations to that, but uh, Noodles on the long bus trips through Alberta when he played, uh, I think he played for Lethbridge, uh, brought, bought a little portable stove and would cook craft dinner on the uh, stove on the bus trips because he didn't like the, you know, the junk food places they stopped at. So that's how he came to be Noodles. Wow. So he's just fit, eh? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the great storytellers ever, though. Uh, He's great to uh, listen to. Beating up the mascot story in Newfoundland is uh, is one of my all time favorites. So you're awarded best sports host in uh, the sports program 2018. I mean, how special was that for you, James? Uh, yeah, it's you know awards are are funny things, and uh, you know I've been lucky enough to win a few. I've been uh, lost a few. I had spent many years. I used to. It's funny the Gemini's or the Canada Screen Awards or whatever they call them. I I think. Uh, I was nominated about seven years in a row and I, I always would lose to Ron McLean who, you know, I had no problem with that. Ron McLean is uh, one of the best at his craft. But yeah. My wife actually used to call it uh, get dressed up and lose to Ron McLean night. 
so uh, it was nice to it was nice Thanks, to, honey. to win a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nice to win a few along the way. But uh, uh, honestly, I know I'm sounding like anybody would be Oscars, but the, the the team at TSN is amazing, and you're just you're the guy who takes a lot of the credit for a lot of the work that the producers and editors do behind the scenes. So plus, it's you know it's Canadian TV awards. It's uh, not exactly the Oscars. <laughs> Uh, this is a question I, 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 I talked to a lot of people off the record. They want to know too, and this is like r- really what I want to know. Um, what was it like covering the, the Olympics? How special was that for you? And even trying—I mean, I mean, obviously you're Canadian, and I mean, do you get bias when you're calling those games, or I mean, you're e- even like the host? I mean, like I, no, I don't that's know. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, I, I've said often that uh, this business kind of sucks the fan out of you. Um, I was much bigger sports fan and supporter of teams before I got into this business. And uh, you, you end up cheering for things that affect your life. Um, like for instance, at one of the Stanley cup finals, my kid was graduating from grade eight and I needed to make it home. It was the Boston Chicago final. And if it went seven games, I wasn't going to make it home for my kid's graduation. So I am praying for Chicago to win this game. Which they, you remember that was the one where they scored two goals yeah. at the last minute 40 and beat the Bruins, and, and I was, both Bob, Bob McKenzie and I needed to get home, and we were like fist bumping in the press box, which is a break, a cardinal sin in my business because we were so happy, but I only tell you that story because that's kind of the way you come to look at sports is just more of how it affects your life. As a fan, I want to see it go to Game 7 every year. Yeah. As a sportscaster, sometimes I need to go get home and see my family. Um, but the one exception, uh, I think, for me is when Canada is involved. And you say, you know, are you a cheerleader? Are you a fan? On, on the air, I, I never am. Like, I, I took four years of journalism. They beat that out of me. And I will try to be as neutral as possible nice. at all times. Um, but in your heart, yeah, I'm cheering for Canada. I'm not going to lie. The World Juniors uh, at the 2010 Olympics is probably the best example. You asked me the highlight. That's probably the number one highlight of my career. I, I was able to host during the day and then go down and do hockey games at night. was probably 30 feet away from where the, the, the goal went in when, when Crosby scored. And and I wanted to jump up and down and throw my beer over my head and do Just all the things hang. that everybody else was doing across the country. But, you know, I had to go to work in 10 minutes, but I was Im- immensely proud. So I think that I would be anybody who says they're completely neutral when they're watching an event uh, like that. I, I, I think that's probably false that, I think I'd be lying to you if you said that. I, I, I'm a Canadian, so I want Canada to do well at all these things. But when I'm on air, I have to broadcast neutrally. You know, if I'm not going to be the one ripping on the ref yeah. if you made one call on Canada. Um, so, but yeah, my heart's bursting like everybody else when when something like that happens, whether it's the Crosby goal or the Everly goal or or anything like that. This segment of Off the Huzzle is brought to you by Brownie's Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownie's Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownie's Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Okay, so I want to segue, uh, obviously, some golf talk. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier. I want to, I mean, people want to know when you got into the golf. Uh, has it always mm-hmm. been a passion for you? And where's your home golf club? 
<laughs> so uh, I got in. My dad was not a golfer. And matter of fact, I golfed with my dad once, and my dad passed away two years ago. And uh, oh, I was thinking about this means. the other day. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. He had a great long life. He lived to be eighty-seven, but um, he we golfed one time together when I was a kid, and he was a horrible golfer. Uh, but I, I just started, I think I started watching it on TV. There was no club. We were kind of, you know, lower middle class in the suburb in Ottawa. And, uh, there was one municipal golf course called Pineview. Um, and so when I started me and what would happen is my mom used to drop me and a buddy of mine named Mark Ward uh, off at mini golf. There was a mini golf in our neighborhood and just to get rid of us for the day. And we would play mini golf for like nine hours, uh, because you could pay at this one place, you could pay your two dollars and fifty cents. Just keep going around and around. around. And just, yeah, and there was nobody ever there. It was like empty. I think we supplied the the whole place, so we uh, <laughs> did half their business. So we played mini golf for eight hours, and then when we got to be about fourteen, we decided to graduate to the big course. And uh, we had no money though, so I remember I would I would get up in the dark, like four a.m., walk to my friend Mark's, throw rocks at his window to wake him up. He'd come out. We both had these little, like, you know, sets of, you know, five five golf clubs. We'd take the bus uh, to Pineview, which is about 15 minutes away. We would sneak on. Well, there was nobody there yet because it was dark. We'd sit on the first tee, and, and as soon as the sun came up, we'd tee off as soon as we could see. And our plan was if we could get through nine holes before anybody showed up at the clubhouse, then the 18th hole was kind of away for the clubhouse, so we could leave the 18th yeah. hole and walk right to the bus stop and not pay. And I guess we kind of knew it was illegal, but we kind of <laughs> rationalized it by saying, uh, you know, it's not open yet, so we're not doing any harm to anybody, right? You might see a guy mowing the lawn or something at, at 6.30, but we'd, so we'd tee off at, you know, 5.15 or whatever and, and be done at 8 o'clock, and that's how we play golf. So we'd play maybe 10 rounds a year. Uh, terrible golfers. I'd never had any lessons. We used to tee it up on the fairway, all those things the kids do. Um, and, and then I, I got really passionate around, you know, you know, 23, 24, where I started to play a lot and, you know, got half decent with a hacky swing. Um, and then I had three kids in four years and kind of stopped playing. And I was playing, you know, five rounds a summer, a few TSN tournaments or celebrity tournaments or whatever. And that's all I was playing. And, now, as soon as my kids, maybe about four years ago, was the first time I joined a club. I just joined Club Link in a place called King's Riding, which is uh, five minutes from where I live. And uh, so that's when I started to, I mean, I was already super passionate about the sport, but that's when I, I dug in hard for the first time and started playing a lot. And last year was probably, I think I played about 60 rounds last year, which is the most wow, I ever played. Nice. And uh, got a, spent about a grand on a really nice net during this pandemic, so I've been crashing balls into a net. And, but uh, I'm, I talk a better golf game than I am, and I'm, I'm an 11. I was single digit for about a month last year uh, and then faded in about the last five rounds of the year. But uh, it, it's, certainly I've gotten a lot better, but I'm now fighting, uh, fighting father time as far as uh, flexibility and things like that. So, uh, uh, But I, I just – I'll say this um, – I love, you know, I'm like everybody else. I love football. I love hockey. But if you were to, you know, say my favorite sport, I'd probably say golf now. Certainly to play, it's my passion. And even watching, man, I, the second weekend of the pandemic, I watched like six hours <laughs> of a, a playoff from like the LPGA's like ShopRite Classic from 2018. And my wife came in and said, what the hell are you doing? It's just, I'm like, I'm watching a two-year-old LPGA playoff, so back off. 
<laughs> learning. Well, I, I just, I just love the game. I love the challenge of it. I love the fact that it's, you know, it's you and it's all on you and the, yeah. the mental. I'm a, I'm terrible. I have a terrible mental game, but uh, I just, I love it. I love the thrill of, you know, breaking eighty or, or uh, I just, it's, 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 it's a fantastic game. Okay, well, whenever you're down to Regina or whatever, we'll have to go play around for sure if you're up for that. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. So, uh, I want to, I mean, this is, I mean, just running the golf talk, obviously. Um, golf host on TSN, I mean, how did that become a thing? I mean, do you just throw your resume in or, I mean, or boom, I mean, hey, James, you're up. Like, <laughs> that's how, a, that's how does a work? great question. So, well, you know, we, the, the Masters back in the day was kind of the only thing we were doing. Um, and, so I think that we, it kind of rotated around a little bit. Rod Black did a couple, somebody else did a couple. And then in 2002, uh, I guess I just begged to do it. And that was the first masters I got to cover. Um, Tiger won ba- second of back to backs that year. And then I got, you know, I got on the hockey gig the next year. And the, the only time I got to cover golf again was the lockout. I did all four majors, the lockout year. Nice. So that was the year that, let's see, Michael Campbell won the U.S. Open at uh, Pinehurst, and Phil won the PGA at Baltusrol, and Tiger won. Was that 06? The Open at St. Andrews. That was Jack's last uh, last Open. So I got to cover all those, and that was a real great treat for me. And the only bonus, basically, of the NHL lockout was I got to cover all those. And then <laughs> hockey came back, and the season was just too long for me to cover golf, but when the the whole rights thing happened a few years ago and we lost the national rights, um, you know, TSN offered me sort of a new workload, which would involve doing the CFL playoffs and the Super Bowl and the masters. And, and I jumped at it. That's a big plate. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I really, I, I love hockey. I really, really do. But to be able to do, I never got in this business just to host hockey. I wanted to do a bunch of different Sports, things. Yeah. And so to, to be able to do all those is so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, besides this year, I, I just, I'm so lucky to be, to have the opportunity to do all those. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the new COVID golf rules? Uh, you know, I'm fine with all those things. Um, I, I, what is the device that they've invented there that, have you talked about that? Like the easy lift or like the pop, yeah, you pop the flag up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Those guys are really smart and I hope all the golf courses have them by the time are you guys you know are you guys playing in Sask yet? Uh, ten more days, but I absolutely got okay, so, I ripped into it on Monday on the Howard truck. I was so pissed. People wanted to like leave Saskatchewan to go play. It's like just wait ten days to play. But uh, sorry, right. go on. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I want it to be safe. I think we should be, but at the same time, I've you know argued all along that golf is something that you know it's one of the few things that we can do safely with all the rules. So. Uh, you know, I was talking to Ferraro today, I guess in BC, you, you stay in your car until five minutes before the round, yeah. you walk right to the first tee, uh, you know, twosomes or I think it's threesomes at his course. And, and, you know, I don't love the elevated, uh, cups. I would be happy, you know, look at it. if it's our only option, no problem. But I really like the idea of that thing that you can, uh, you can kick your ball out of it. But, uh, I think that's all fair. I'll do anything to play, frankly. And I, I want sure. everybody to stay safe. So. Um, is that what you meant by that? You meant the COVID golf rules, right? Not Correct. The yeah. Golf. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like uh, the 20 minute, uh, tee times for us down here. I don't know what is up in Ottawa and, uh, man, the rounds will be fast. Eh? Uh, you're playing a twosome with you know 20 <laughs> minutes difference and nobody in front of you. Everybody's got to be getting around there in like two forty five or two fifty or something. I mean, 
I kind of, I mean, I'm not a fan of the 20 minute. I mean, either way, I'm on the tee. I, I play my ball. I walked 14 minutes down the fairway. So I'm 20 on the minutes tee. between every group? Yeah. Yeah, that seems, I mean, I don't understand that because, and is it twosomes only or is it threesomes? I thought, I mean, f- uh, four, I would think. I mean, uh, oh, I've, so I've seen my four? cousin been playing a little bit medicine hat there, but yeah, I mean, he's been playing a ton, but they're all on their own cards. I've heard rumors in Ontario of just twosomes. And if, if it's just twosomes, I don't understand oh, yeah. why you just couldn't, you just couldn't do your normal, you know, eight nine minutes. Uh, Twenty minutes sounds excessive to me, frankly. Look, well, you're off. Aren't... You're off the green, and I'm still waiting. Like, let's say eight more minutes. Yeah, that's off. just that's just dumb. That's, yeah, to me, that's dumb. Uh, it's too much, and you know, you'd like to think most golfers. I think it's a pretty, usually a fairly smart crowd. Um, you know, even yeah. if you're catching up to somebody, you're, everyone's going to stay away from each other. Still, people aren't going to be away, idiots yeah. and go stand on the tee next to people. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think just it would be enough, frankly, to just maybe add a couple of minutes extra between the groups, and um, you know, the rest is fine. You know, no range, no practice screen, whatever. I, uh, it sucks, but hey, we're lucky to be able to play if we can. And you know, the one thing that bothered me, like at the beginning, it was like at the beginning of this whole crisis, you couldn't really say you missed golf because let's face it, it is the ultimate first world problem. Yeah. And it yeah. felt like the wrong thing to even say, you know, while people are dying of this disease. And I, I get that, but you know, I, I think it, at a certain time too, there's, there's some people that just complain about golf just for the sake of complaining about golf. Yeah. <laughs> or you guys shouldn't be golfing during a crisis. Well, if it's safe, it's no different than going on a walk around your neighborhood. Or going to work. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think some people are just, you know, bitter at golf or people having enjoyment during the crisis. And I don't think that should be the case either. Okay. So I have a few more questions here before we go into our segment. Uh, questions from the gallery. I hope you still have some time here, James. Um, so I think I know what your favorite course is. Um, I mean, I want you to tell me, you tell everyone where it is. And I want to ask how, um, how awesome it is up front. And I believe you've been to what? 12 you've covered i might have just gave it away but yeah take it away there for for oh so i am such a uh, jerk uh this is what <laughs> i love to do if i ever play in tournaments where you know you know people might know who i am but don't know that much about me or if you know you ever get paired up with a couple of different guys at the club or whatever uh i always like start the conversation so what's your favorite course you ever played just to be a jerk because they'll go, you know, some guy will go, okay, Wiscana and Saskatchewan. Whisper Rock or whatever, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody will say, oh, I played the National. And, uh, and then they'll get to me and say, what about you? And I'll be, Augusta National. <laughs> and just Humble such bread. a jerk move. <laughs> it's such a jerk move, but I love it. Um, yeah, I got to play, I guess, three years ago or maybe it would be four years this year. I'm losing track. Um, there's a, For your listeners that don't know, there's a – a draw for the media uh, every year where about 20 or 30 guys get to play on the Monday, Sunday pins. Um, you know, they, they mow the greens. It's just, uh, I, if you had Weeksy on, I know he probably talked about it. It's, uh, and you know, Weeksy had to wait 21 years, uh, before his name got drawn. I, I got drawn my third year. So <laughs> I was fairly lucky. And you have that on him. Uh, the only, the only thing that was a bummer was that, uh, it was my, you know, first round of the year, right? You're, you dig your clubs out of the dust and, and bring them down there. And uh, a couple of quick stories on that round. First of all, they give you a this beautiful certificate that say, they tell you on the Sunday if you won. And it says, show up at, I think in my case, the time was 9.34 a.m. Show up on Magnolia Lane. 
Wow. And so my crew was all flown home and, uh, I couldn't sleep barely that night and I take a cab over there and I, I guess I, I'm going to get there at like 8 a.m., right? I want to practice and enjoy everything about there. Well, they won't let you in a second before that time they tell no you shit. to arrive. Yeah, so if you arrive like at 9.32, you're not coming in. So now I'm sitting there and I got an hour and a half to kill. And then I start realizing, I go through my bag. I don't know why this didn't hit me till then. And I got like two balls. Right? You know how your last round of the year, you kind of oh, chuck, chuck the crusty glove in there. So yeah. <laughs> the only thing that's open is a Walmart. So the, I get the cabbie to drive me to this Walmart. It's like, you know, 9 a.m. on a Monday morning in uh, in Augusta, Georgia. And all they had was like Top Flight XL. Oh, my God. I think God. it was Top Flight Hot XL. <laughs> no offense to Top Flight, but uh, no free ads, Jim. No free ads. National. So I buy like two sleeves of Top Flight. And that's what I show up with at Augusta National. And it's so cool. They let you have a – you're in the champion's locker room. You get a locker nice. in the champion's locker room. And uh, it's a really small, like, little locker room. There's only maybe 20 lockers in there. So, you know, Tiger shares his locker with Arnie or something. It's really cool. Um, yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. And so then we get to the range, and I hit balls for about 10 minutes. So they have all these beautiful – you know, they have these pro beans with an Augusta logo as the practice ball. And there's a million of them. And I'm like – I got to get some of these balls, right? <laughs> and the caddies are all lined up behind you. So I kind of look at my caddy, give him a kind of a look, and I look down at the pile of balls, and he turns around the other way. So just like it was a signal to me, like, <laughs> okay, you can steal some balls right now. Go ahead. So I loaded up about 10 of them in my bag, and that's what I played with range balls my entire round, but uh, nicest range balls ever. But then we got to the practice screen, and I still thought I had like a half an hour, and that's what everybody said to me. You have to putt on these practice screens because they're like nothing you'll have ever seen before. I got out there, I hit one putt, and they said, well, we're ahead of time, we've got to go tee off now. Oh so, so I hadn't practiced putting at all. And, uh, so I haven't even stretched you know, yet, I, hey? <laughs> yeah, so I said, you know what, I'm going to play, you know, I want to play this to the letter, because I really want a true score. If I take a 10 on something, I'm going to take a 10. I'm not going to do any handicap adjustments, max 7 or anything. And uh, I shot 92. Um, okay, I took a bad. 10 on 10 uh i hit a i hit a bush a gorse bush that you wouldn't even i hit it in the woods chipped out hit like a five iron to i don't know like 150 it was way back that 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 hole was long and then i hit a i hit this big giant bush that you don't even see on tv that's how bad a shot it was <laughs> and uh i took a 10 <laughs> and then i three putted like uh, about 10 times. So I actually hit the ball really good. I should have, you know, I should have shot like 82 or 83, but one bad hole and, and some terrible putting, but it was just, it was just the funnest, you know, four hours I will ever have, you know, every shot you're taking is, uh, remembering every shot. You know, yeah. It just, yeah, it was just fan. It was the year that speaks, uh, uh, put the two in the water at 12 and oh. we went down and looked at the divots that were there. And, uh, uh, unbelievable, by the way, when you stand on that spot, like it's really, that's a tough hole, obviously 12 and you know, the greens are as tough as everybody says, but it's unbelievable that he, he, that he chunked those two in the water at that. It's an easy little, you know, little 60, 50, 50 yard, uh, yeah, it should be money from uh, there, yeah. 60 degree or something. Right. So I, it's, uh, it was just, yeah, but it was, it was just a spectacular, spectacular day. So, uh, James, I mean, that's unbelievable, number one. I mean, and I'm jealous. I mean, I hope one day I get to, to play there. I mean, obviously, I don't know what you got to do. but you Even do. if you can go for a practice. I tell people, go for a practice round if you can get tickets, which are the easier yeah. tickets to get. Because, frankly, 
the one thing about the Masters, it's a really hard, it's unbelievable to walk that golf course, but it's a very hard golf course to cover as a journalist or a fan from the golf course. No cell phones. I'm sure you've talked about that here before. There's no, no electronic really? scoreboards, as you know. And so you can't, all you can go by is, uh, you know, the reactions of the crowd, the roars, and watching those old wooden scoreboards, which change, you know, five minutes later. So if you're wow. trying to, like, follow Tiger Woods on Sunday at Augusta, you're 10 people deep. You know, you might see him from 100 yards away uh, taking a shot. And it's just, it's a really hard tournament to cover. But if you go during the practice rounds, you're allowed to bring a camera. You can take pictures. You can walk everywhere. The golfers are, you know, a little more friendlier as they're walking by. And I just, I just, I, I would highly recommend to go for a practice round and then go home and, and watch the tournament on TV. People always say to me, so where were you, James, when, you know, when Tiger walked up 18 last year, or when, when Spieth put those two in the water? And sadly, my answer most of the time is I was back in the, you know, the TV compound watching on TV because <laughs> I have to do an hour show as soon as the tournament's over. And you can't, you can't cover the tournament unless the only year I could go out and walk the whole 18 was the year of Sergio and, and uh, Justin Rose because it was those two and nobody else close by the back nine, right? Okay. But every other year, you have to watch television to know what's going on. Yeah. That's crazy, though. So, like, no phones, eh? Like, wow. No phones. If you if you pull your cell phone up at Augusta National, you will be escorted off the premises, and you'll be done. Wow. Okay, yeah. so noted. Uh, all listeners, do not bring your cell phone, <laughs> and I'm going to try and get down there for a practice round. Uh, I got to save, yeah. save my pennies. Um, James, couple more notes here before I go to some questions. There are a ton. I hope you still have some time here. Uh, in 2017, you launched the Rubber Boots podcast. I mean, uh, just quickly uh, touch base on that for us. Uh, just a, a podcast about nothing. Uh, basically, uh, three of my friends at TSN who aren't on TV um, talking about life, just like poor guys would over a beer. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We do a bunch of really stupid segments, hypotheticals, and <laughs> things that I saw on Twitter. We have a musician who does a lot of theme songs and uh, I don't know. It's kind of like the stuff that I grew up liking, like David Letterman show and things like that. Yeah. Just really dumb, really dumb TV and a chance to hang out with my friends. The one thing about my job is I have to be fairly professional and I, uh, you know, you don't get a chance to really get into conversation when you're hosting a hockey game and you talk for 10 seconds at a time. So this is a chance to sit with my buddies for 45 minutes and, talk about whatever the hell we want. Uh, it was supposed to be about sports when it started. It's sometimes about sports, but often not. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, last little note here before we go to our segment. Um, I got to ask. Um, <laughs> so you're in a movie, and I literally thought someone changed my channel to Sports Center until you got fed up in one of your scenes. You were in June, last of the Enforcers in 2016 as a sportscaster. How was that? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, so I've, I've known Jay Baruchel for a while, and uh, I, I, I saw him somewhere. I think it was at one of those award shows on a red carpet or something, and he said hi to me, and I said hi. and uh, I said, I love Goon or whatever, and he said, oh, I'm making Goon too. And I said, oh, yeah, you know what? You should put the panel in that movie. And he goes... And then he, I, I, he kind of laughed, and I, I was just joking. And a year later, he called me, and he, uh, he said, I wrote, I wrote the panel into the movie. And, and then, you know, the Hollywood execs got involved, and the panel kind of got sliced and diced until it was just me, and uh, they had J.T. Miller 
the actor who some of your listeners will yeah uh, he's you know silicon valley and he's the bartender in deadpool and a uh, really funny guy and uh so basically he was the analyst and i was the host and <laughs> we shot it all in one day uh basically he came in and he kind of just it was mostly just ad lib jay had some stuff that we had to say for the script basically he used us to kind of move the story along and you know what was happening with the team and the standings but but man jt miller would just say the most offside things and uh <laughs> There was no script. We just I, I was just listening to him, and they just wanted me to get more and more frustrated, as he said. Uh, Your hands were up, and you're just thing. done. <laughs> yeah, but he he was cracking. I was having such a hard time not laughing because one of the things he did. Uh, if people haven't seen the movie, he you know how Sports Center has like taglines, right? You'd say like Sports Center, you know, CSN, yeah. TSN, <laughs> and and he just started saying the stupidest stuff. Like he he'd be like Sports Center, we're all pink on the inside, and it was just. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh. And, uh, uh, yeah, so that was it. We shot it in about two hours one day. And uh, I actually thought, you know, I was going to be in you know, one line in the movie because I know how movies work. and they, Everything ends up on the cutting room floor. And uh, they invited me to the premiere. And, holy crap, I was in, like, you know, 30 scenes in the movie. Yeah. So I liked it. It was awesome. I think Jay, Jay got his money's worth because I think I got 600 bucks for that role. <laughs> Well, I actually wanted to ask quickly before we move on here. I mean, what's the preparation like? I mean, going from obviously TSN is your, you're the guy on some of the biggest stories, uh, obviously like uh, the world, and then the movie. Like, I mean, I don't know. Well, there was zero preparation for the movie, and I, I literally mean zero preparation. <laughs> I showed up without a script. I think they were kind of writing the script as it went. So they actually showed up, and they had they were trying to put some of the lines in teleprompter and. And both JT, and I don't use a teleprompter on my show, and JT as an actor doesn't use a teleprompter, so it was it was really kind of wooden. And so we just dumped the teleprompter and, and just started kind of ad-libbing. Uh, so, no, I did not prepare whatsoever for that. <laughs> you don't use a prompter? No, we don't use a prompter. Really? So if you're watching if you're watching SportsCenter, uh, they, they use a teleprompter. Um, but I, I chose... Uh, not two years ago when I started doing panels. Really? I just think that it's you, you're you a lot more natural when you don't have yeah, one. Script, yeah. And the other thing is it's a, it's a little bit more, um, it's also challenging. Like when you used to read a teleprompter, man, you, your brain can go to sleep, right? Yeah. I, would, I would be reading the prompter doing Sports Center, and, you know, thinking about what movie I was going to watch that night. Uh, I wouldn't even be paying attention to what I was talking about. <laughs> And, and when you don't have a teleprompter and, you know, you do have to talk for 30 seconds or a minute, you, you know, you really have to focus on what you're saying. So I think it makes you a, a bit of a sharper broadcaster. Okay, so finally off to uh, questions from the gallery. This segment is sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use Off the Hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. That's Off the Hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. Alrighty. Well, uh, we'll try and limit these questions for you here, James. Um, favorite course you have played and you can't say Augusta now. Uh, Cabot. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go out to Nova Scotia uh, for the last four years to Cabot, uh, Cabot Links, Cabot Cliffs, and I just I absolutely love it. Um, as a matter of fact, it's almost, you know, it's pretty close to Augusta as far as my favorite golf experience just because it's, um, you know, it's Pebble Beach of Canada right on these cliffs. I'm sure uh, your listeners are golf fans and see yeah. pictures if they haven't been out there. It's I, I highly recommend if you can get your buddies and do that golf trip uh, at some point in time. It's 
it's just it's really worth it. The people of Nova Scotia are wonderful and just a beautiful part of the country. And I'm still hoping to make it this year. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, it depends on what happens with everything and we're only going to go if everything is safe but yeah uh, for sure uh, i i just i love it so that would be that's an easy number one for me uh with augusta uh best golf memory um you playing or covering the sport ah that's a great one well i mean tiger winning last year you know i got to do tiger's masters win in the raptors within two months and probably two of the five highlights of my career so i mean my first master's which was also a Tiger win. There's nothing like your first. Uh, wow. uh, I also I got to interview Tiger. Uh, I really worked my ass off at the British Open that year to get a one-on-one with Tiger where I basically had to sneak into the room because he was only doing a one-on-one with uh, ABC and BBC broadcast the tournament. And I basically just shoved my way in. and uh, So that was a kind of a proud moment nice. back then. Um, uh, that's covering the game. Let me see. Playing the game. Uh Jeez, uh, let's see. Well, I guess you're always your best round. I shot a 74 this summer on a on a pretty tough course uh, uh, here in uh, in north of Toronto. That was my best. I had a few 75s, but 74 was my best uh, best round ever. So that's always a great feeling when you you know you sink a putt on 18. I think I had like a six footer or something to be your best ever round. Um, so. I would say I would I would say those things and and just again the experiences of playing Augusta and and Cabot are probably uh, some of my yeah. favorite golf experiences ever. Uh, uh, of all the TSN staff, who would you pick as your three other golf partners and why? <laughs> oh, this is a loaded question. <laughs> um, you see, there's different. You know, I I wouldn't pick Jeff O'Neill because first of all, he's really good and he'd beat my ass. Uh, he's like a, he's like a one cap. And uh, he also is just a miserable guy to golf with because he's <laughs> always in a hurry and riding the cart, and I like to walk. Uh, I'm playing. I was supposed to go to Cabot with Bob McKenzie this summer, which would be a lot of fun. Bob's not a great golfer, but he's fun. I play a lot with his son, Sean, as well. Uh, Drager's a lot of fun. Um, but I'd probably take a lot of the ladies. Like uh, We have Lindsay Hamilton, Natasha, Tessa, Kara uh, Wagland, um, Laura Dykin, they all love golf and, and play, and, and they're really, really fun to play with. They don't take it too seriously. and So I'd, uh, I'm not being a creep here. But I'd no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, journalism, broadcasting, uh, if that didn't work out, what other career path would you have chosen? Realistically, I probably would have been a gym teacher, as I talked about, oh, right. or RCMP. Uh, my dad, you know, my fallback was always to join the RCMP because my dad loved the RCMP, and I think he secretly wanted me to be a uh, an RCMP officer. But when I got to host CFL, I think he was proud and, and realized I was uh, I'd probably made the right move. But I, I, I likely would have been RCMP or a gym teacher somewhere. Uh, what's it like working with Jay and Dan? And any stories? <laughs> Uh, a lot of fun. Those guys are good buddies of mine. Uh, they always have, and they give it to me nonstop on TV, but, uh, <laughs> uh, just really, really fun guys who I've known for a long time. I was one of the guys who lured Dan into coming to TSN. My, I think he was on the fence. He lived out in Vancouver and my boss got me the column and I, I begged him to come. So, uh, um, really good guys. I'm trying to think of stories. I think we, we probably were, we probably all told them all on each other's podcasts. 
here and there. And I will say this just to bring it full circle. Dan is the worst guy to golf with ever. Um, <laughs> every time I think I've golfed with him three times, he slept in twice. Oh no. Is that guy? Wooden sticks, by the way, <laughs> another one of my favorite golf courses. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of wooden sticks here in Toronto, nope. which has all the, uh, it has about nine replica holes. Uh, so it's got like 17 at TPC and oh, Pine cool. Valley and a couple from like, uh, you know, um, Troon and, and uh, St. Andrews, some really, really neat holes and their own holes are fantastic. So really fun golf experience. And Dan showed up on the, you know, he did the old AM PM screwing up his alarm clock. Yeah. Showed up on like the, showed up on like the 11th hole and we were, we were playing skins game and I think there'd been 11 carryovers. And he oh. won all the skins on the 13th hole, so I never really forgave him for that. <laughs> those are the worst kind of guys. I mean, we'll still take we'll still take Dan on our show, but that's uh, we don't we don't like those guys. It's a disaster. And then he, and then he <laughs> says all summer, "We got I want to play golf with you." So I'm saying, "Okay, let's play." And he goes, "Well, I, I don't I don't play before 3 p.m. You know, because my show lasts till midnight." I'm like, "Well, you're kind of limiting my life here, yeah. Danny." So Dan's a pain in the ass, but I love him and I love Jay too. Uh, are you a fan of the Bluetooth speaker or no on the golf course? <laughs> oh, on the golf course? Yeah. Uh, I got one dude I play with named Steve. I won't name his last name, but I know he probably won't listen to your podcast, but he's a pain in the ass. And he plays like, he thinks he's cool and he plays, you know, like old, old classic rock, which I'm not, I'm not offended by classic rock, but it's not really my number one choice golfing with. What do you like on the course? And, uh, Hmm? Oh, what kind of music do you like on the course? Well, I'm all over the place with music. Okay. But I, if I was, if I was, uh, uh, let's see, if I had music out there, I'd like something either. Well, I could go with the hip any day. Oh yeah, perfect. Uh, but then I'm all over the map. Like I'll go to the hip, but I can handle like some. I like rap and stuff. I like Drake. Even really? Some people make fun of them. I love Drake, so uh, stuff like that would be good. But uh, I, I honestly, it doesn't bother me. I, you know, I enjoy it if people play music, but, uh, you know, I, I would probably never bring it myself. Well, Jared Dutois says, uh, he's not a fan of people playing Fetty Wap on the golf course. So, um, I hope you're not playing that there, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, have you ever been to the Bob father's cabin and any stories from there? Uh, I have, I have had the privilege of going to the Bob father cabin. What's the rule on that? We'll never get to go to. It is uh, it is a very nice cabin. Um, he invited me up a few years ago. We had a night, drank an awful lot of wine, sat on the dock. I think it was Bob and I and uh, the evil quizmaster, who's this guy who looks like Larry David, who everybody thinks I'm the evil quizmaster, but he is. And uh, uh, yeah, so Bobby's one of my best friends. Like we don't see each other a lot outside of work because we see each other so much at work. But, yeah, uh, he's just. He's a good dude, and uh, there's few people that I enjoy drinking a bottle of wine with more than him. So this is the kind of question I had a few of my actually my hockey players that I coach and just some guys that I work with. They asked, uh, was there ever a kid that you thought had some an, an unreal talent and always figured he could have a really great career, and no one looked at him or took a chance on him? That's a great question. I think that uh, I was I was naive when I was young, and this name won't mean anything to you and probably anybody listening, but I grew up an Ottawa 67s fan because that's the hockey that I was exposed to. Ottawa didn't have an NHL team back then, so I'd go to junior hockey games on a Friday night, and Brian Kilray, was who I ended up writing the book on, was probably the best junior coach ever. And they had a kid named Steve Marringer who was a defenseman, and 
I thought he was the greatest hockey player I'd ever seen. He was too small, and I, I you know, I was too, you know, when you're 10 years old, you, you don't, you don't understand who's got the stuff to make it to the pros. And in my mind, Steve Maringer was going to win the Norris Trophy and be the best defenseman I ever saw, and he never got a sniff of the pros. I think he was probably too small and had some other things, but that was probably my first, you know, hockey, you know, boy crush of the guy that you love was Steve Maringer. I had a big button with his picture on it <laughs> stuck to my stuck to my Gloucester Rangers hockey jacket. Uh, so yeah, uh, Steve Maringer was that guy. You know, recently I'm trying to think of it. it. It's funny when you cover the World Juniors because you see so I many think I've guys. become my eyes become a little better over the years. Uh, uh, but there's sometimes when you you know you see a guy and you think because he has a good world junior performance that he's just going to be a star and you yeah. can't figure out why he's, why he didn't become a star. And, you know, Justin Pogge's a good example. We started 2006 in Vancouver and the so entire good. crowd's chanting oh. his name and the Leafs trade to Rask because they figured Justin Pogge's going to be their future. And, and he never really does anything and ends yeah. up, you know, having sort of a journeyman minor league career. So, uh, I, I always find that's the one really interesting thing about the tournament is, is that there's some guys that you know are just going to be, you know, are going to be superstars left right here this year. And then there's another guy who'll have a, you know, really key tournament and then you won't, you won't ever see him again in the pros. And uh, so there's a long list of guys like that. Uh, favorite part about working at TSN? Probably everything we talked about, bud. Just uh, yeah. all the events that I get to cover, and the fact that they're really good people. And um, I'm not just saying this. Uh, you know, we did a, a Zoom chat the other night where we basically brought on everybody that covers hockey on TSN just for kicks, more than anything else. And we had basically every single one of our guys, and you know, it was it was all the insiders and Jeff O'Neill and Mike Johnson and Ray Ferraro and Craig Button and Tessa Bonham and Andy Petrillo and on and on and on, Frank Saravalli and uh, Jamie McLennan. And they, we're, just, we're just on there having laughs for half an hour. And I said to myself, man, these are just really, really good people. Um, yeah. You know, one of the guys I should have mentioned with golf, he's also a lousy golfer, but Rod Smith might be my favorite guy at oh. TSN. Just a, just a salt-of-the-earth guy, human being. And, uh, you know, I got to host Sports Center with him for a year and a half, way back in the day. People won't even remember uh, like 2001 or something. And uh, that was one of the favorite 18 months of my career because we just laughed our asses off every single night. And uh, yeah, just, you know, really, I'm fortunate to work at a network where behind the scenes and in front of the camera, the people are really, really nice. And uh, I, I, I would say that's my favorite part. Is there's not many days that uh, I don't love driving to work. Well, James, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, do you want to touch on um, last-minute notes here at all before I, I, I let you go? Sorry? Oh, sorry. I was just saying uh, thanks for coming on, and I uh, I was wondering if you want to touch on uh, more notes before I let you go here. Sorry, my uh, my daughter was yelling at my dog in the background. Oh, good. So, <laughs> no, that's that's great, man. I uh, Like I said, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, – I hope to get the Sasky for a Grey Cup or some golf one of these times really soon, Drew. Uh, you got really great people out there, and I hope everybody's uh, hanging in and staying safe. And uh, as things loosen up, still stay safe. But uh, I hope everything bounces back fast because uh, uh, we need to have a decent summer.
Well, uh, let me know when you're heading down, and we'll play around of golf. Okay, pal. Okay. All the best. I really appreciate all the questions and all the time. Okay, take care, James. Thanks, man. Today's sponsor of Off the Hosel is GR Flooring. For all your flooring needs, contact Todd Ripplinger at 306-537-9074 or visit him in person at 1260 McDonald Street in Regina, Sask. Well, Troy, there it is. That's uh, an unbelievable interview with James Duffy. Um, you know, he talks about how he got into the business and, you know, what a crazy story about how a guy un- un- unfortunately you know, loses his life and James flies home and takes over the job and he couldn't do it anymore. Um, but you know what James talks about, you know, covering Augusta and, and you know, playing Augusta golf course before Bob Weeks said he threw a little jab there and he loves always saying, uh, what course do you play? What course do you play? What course do you play? And he loves when it comes to him because he says he say Augusta. So, yeah, he's a good interview. He, you know, he gave a lot of perspective from a sportscaster, um, what he's covered, what he's seen. Again, thank you, James, for coming on the show. It was awesome. Yeah, and as far as that, I mean, that's uh, that's our Wednesday pod. Right now, we're moving to you know one a week. It's not set in stone by any means, but we felt that we wanted to see everyone catch up and on, on obviously watching the audience and seeing how everyone really caught up to the pods and um you know i mean it's wednesday i don't know any, anything else Troy? i'm oh, just gonna plug the social media again if anybody wants to get a hold of us facebook off the hosel twitter underscore off the hosel instagram underscore off the hosel dm us pm us yeah uh other than that have a great wednesday have a great rest of your week and have a great weekend troy it's always a pleasure talking to you great talking to you too drew okay guys have a great Week, weekend, week, whatever it is. Talk to you guys uh, Monday. See ya.